Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are back at it again here in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, Benjamin Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Been uh, been away for uh, for a couple weeks. We've been uh, a little tied up, a little busy. Um, but now that uh, football season, I guess, is officially over, now that the uh, Super Bowl has come and gone, we are dedicating all of our time to uh, college basketball and uh, getting ready for college baseball. So, gentlemen, welcome in. How are y'all? I'm doing good. I actually, I actually just got a text from a guy um, saying, I met the Super Bowl streaker at Jay Alexander's restaurant while having lunch uh, before leaving Tampa. He bet 50000 on a prop bet at plus 750 that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. His buddy went out first as a diversion, so he didn't get caught as quickly as his friend. It cost him a thousand dollars to get out of jail, so he cleared three hundred seventy-four k on the deck. Mm. Dang! That, my friends, is playing four D chess. <laughs> that, yeah, that is uh, that is Queen's Gambit right there. That is. That is impressive. <laughs> Sacrificing the queen. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't really want to talk about the Super Bowl. I thought the game was really boring. Um, and I was pretty disappointed in the commercials, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was too. I, I thought it was a weaker year for those. Not to be like commercial snobby, but I wasn't as impressed. You know, some years there are commercials that will literally bring you to tears, and that just didn't happen for me. Yeah, I wonder if uh, – if- a lot of the places said they were going to put their money in something else. I wonder if, if maybe like the the big guns didn't you know didn't really bring their their A game or something. But I don't know. I turned it off just after half. So I mean, I hate to be that guy or whatever. But it just didn't do anything for me. I don't know. Maybe it was the game. Maybe it was the everything. I didn't actually hate the halftime performance, but it, the game was was pretty boring. Yeah, I, you know, I wasn't going. Yeah, I wasn't cheering for either team. I was just kind of hoping for a good game. Um, so it was kind of a bummer that the Chiefs offense just could not get going because, you know, I was like, well, let's at least have a good game. Let's have a shootout. Let's score a bunch of points. And, uh, you know, let's have Mahomes going head-to-head with Tom Brady. That would have been fun. Um, but, you know, shout-out to uh, the Bucks and uh, and the Bulls defense, uh, Todd Bowles. Um, I thought he should have got – the MVP because their defense was tremendous. Um, but we're going to move on. Um, before we move on real quick, I mentioned we are in the Davis McCord state farm studio, our newest sponsor and our title sponsor for the studio. I do want to remind you of, uh, our partnership with him. Uh, where can you get good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates at state farm? You can do that because State Farm Agent Davis McCord is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm Agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Call 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, gentlemen. I was uh, out of town over the weekend. I was up in Knoxville with some buddies. We were playing a bunch of golf. Um, Spent the entire day Saturday on the golf course. We... uh, leave the golf course we go uh we head to a mexican restaurant we sit down in a booth and uh the tv is on and Ole miss and auburn are playing 
Um, I was keeping up with it on my phone. I, I'm not going to act like I was watching the entire game or, or locked in by any means. But, you know, we order a round of uh, margaritas. We get some chips and salsa and some queso. Um, so I saw the last two and a half, three minutes. Um a team that uh, we had kind of left for dead, or at least I did, a couple weeks ago, um, showing some fight down the stretch. Yeah, the, the the team too is. I think Kermit said after the game. If not, I know he was thinking it. It was. It was, sure was nice to win a game where you where you scored in the eighties. Because if you if you look back at the games that we've been winning, uh, you know we we've won with 64, 61, and fifty two are our last three wins. So to score a game where the defense was, you know, I won't say bad, but the defense didn't really bring it, and you actually had to get some points on the board was good. And I, you know that's a that's an Auburn team that is totally different with Cooper out there. I mean Sharif Cooper is. You know, the fact that they didn't have him all season, they probably make some a tournament team. And so, you know, scoring what we scored 70 points, 72 points in regulation, 86 in overtime. I mean, it, it just begs the question, where was that team all season long? I, it does. I, I, I'll, I'll be quick. I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of the game. I did watch the end of it though. And, um, it's it's just fun to win buzzer beaters in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you're even when you're not playing well, even if the game had ended in the forties, not to undermine your point, Nick, I agree with you and Kermit that it's nice to win a game where you're actually putting the ball in the hole. Um, but um good on uh Ole Miss. I mean, got some guys who've come on late, you know, some some unsung heroes at the beginning of the year that are that are playing really hard minutes and uh Robert Allen for example, and, um, you know, just playing well that, uh, Saturday, um, um, we just played well down low in general. And, um, and like we said, a couple of weeks ago, this team is as good as Devonte Shuler is going to play. So, uh, you need him to be, you know, one of the best point guards in the conference in order, you know, guards in the conference in order to be successful. But man, I you talk about Robert Allen and just looking at his minutes per game. This guy played a total of twenty three minutes uh, in three games in the middle of the season against Arkansas A and M and MSU. He played thirty seven minutes the other night against Auburn. I mean, he he actually was second on the team in offensive rating. I mean, was really good, good from the free throw line, good getting boards, had had a block in there. I, maybe it just took him a little while to adjust to the game in the SEC, but I mean, he is really taking those extra minutes to come along. And then you talk about Schuler, but it, Romello White is the best big man we've had since. I mean, we we talked Dwayne Curtis. I mean, since longer than that, Sebastian Saez. I don't. I mean, Saez was never this skilled offensively. I mean, not. I don't think he was even. It's even close. I mean, he was fourteen of seventeen from inside the three point arc on, on Saturday. That's. I mean, I couldn't make. He's come on a lot the last couple of games. He he hit a lull there earlier in the year, but he has come on the last couple of games for sure. He's you know, I wish another an, another big man that he reminds me of the way he plays is Murphy Holloway in that he plays much bigger than he is. Um, if you just kind of watch Romello operate offensively with some of the moves he does down low, I mean, he completely dominated this game. Auburn had no answer for him defensively, finished with 30 and 14. 
Um, but he, yeah, he plays much bigger than he is. He plays like a guy that's six eleven, seven feet tall. Uh, and Murphy was kind of like that too. He, you know, Murphy on a good day was six nine, but defensively he, you know, really defended the rim. And I kind of get that same vibe from Romello. He's not super big, but he just knows how to use his body. He knows kind of how to, uh, you know, manipulate a little bit with the elbow, kind of um, create some space. Um, but I mean, that combination of the inside outside of Romello and Schuler. Schuler ended up with 26, uh, made four threes, and um, had four assists. I mean, it was just a, you know, Schuler played 41 minutes. You know, Nick mentioned that, you know, Allen played 37, Romello played 40, Joyner played 39. Um, just a completely, you know, just a team effort and, you know, Romello playing like this is is going to be huge as they try to continue their march to uh, get back on the bubble. It, yeah. Kermit, well, I was, um, was going to say, Kermit's also kind of playing the hits, too. I mean, if you look at, at the minutes played, it's 41, 40, 39, 37, 34 for, for the starters, and then 13, 10, 7, and 4 for the backup. So, like, I, he, he's shortened the bench, and I think he's realized, you know, who he can and can't count on. I kind of thought we'd see Demencia Vaughn a little bit more this season. I, 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 I actually think we might still should, but at this point, you know, he's accepted. You know, all, or KJ Buffin. I mean, say what you will about him is is just not something he, someone he can rely on, and, and you know, he can't rely on pretty much anyone off the bench outside of Morrell and Hunter. Uh, and that's what you got to do at this point in the SEC to win. And I think he's kind of found that. Um, it's it's good to get a win on the road when the home team uh, shoots better than 40% from three. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. You know, you, that Auburn had 23 assists. That is so good. Like, that is so good. And and still managed to lose the game. Um, it was a good win. I mean, yeah. Auburn's not any good, but it was a good win. Anytime you can get an SEC win, an SEC win on the road. It feels good to beat Auburn. I don't know about – I think the two teams that it feels – man, MSU feels pretty good too, but it feels really good to beat Tennessee, and it feels really good to beat Auburn in basketball. So, I don't know. There's just something about, you know, Bruce Arena – excuse me, uh, Bruce Pearl, not Bruce Arena. There's something about beating Bruce Pearl that just feels good. Yeah, and, you know, we buried the lead a little bit earlier uh, last week. Ole Miss had a huge uh, win at home over over then number 11, Tennessee. Um, Just an absolute, just rock fight of a game, 52 to 50. Um, Just that's the kind of game that that Kermit and his team – can can win and and it was even more impressive because Tennessee is is no slouch defensively as a unit and uh, they were able to kind of you know weather the storm and I mean you know Luis Rodriguez put a dude on a poster um, Jarkel Joyner played really well it, it was just a a good win against a team uh, you know Rick Barnes has a ton of talent and uh, to be able to go back to back like that win against a ranked opponent at home and then go on the road. And kind of again weather the storm, win a game. And I mean, look, Ole Miss had a shot to win this in regulation and couldn't get it done on the road. You can see some teams that aren't mentally tough enough to just kind of fold and kind of crumble and wither away in overtime. And uh, Ole Miss didn't do that. Um, so huge win. And uh, I, I think it's it, it's I don't think they're there yet, but it's a building block to try to make some noise in the next couple of weeks. 
I mean, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I hesitate to get, you know, too ahead of our skis here, but, you know, there's a lot of winnable games left. That Vanderbilt game is, you know, should be a W on the, you know, offhand immediately. You've got South Carolina twice, assuming they can get that other, you know, the home game against South Carolina back on the schedule. Uh, you've got two good chances against Missouri, you know, if you go up there and win one of those. And then an MSU team at home, and then, you know, obviously you finish the season with Kentucky. I mean, there's a lot of, of wins still out there. Again, I don't want to start talking bubble just yet, but, I, you know, if, if you if you were to somehow beat Missouri, which Ken Palm has it as a one-point loss on Wednesday, you beat Missouri, and I think, you know, I don't think it's that crazy to start talking about it. I mean, there's some there's some decent wins on here. That Tennessee win is going to look good no matter what at the end of the year. And they're 12th in Ken Palm. I think they're 15th in the net. So that's a you know it's a quad one win. Auburn's a quad one win on the road. Uh, you've got a couple more chances left at quad one wins too. Absolutely. We're going to take our break here from the rest of our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive a little bit more into uh, where exactly Ole Miss is in the net. And uh, take a look at the the remaining games and kind of try to try to find a, a path to that bubble. Um, so hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis, 
and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out their rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion, talking to Ole Miss hoops. All right, so currently uh, Ole Miss is 65 in the net, uh, 89 in RPI. Uh, They've gone up. I think they were 69 going into Auburn, and now they're 65. Um, So you got back-to-back wins against, um, you know, a top 10 net team in the Vols and then a top 70 net team in Auburn. Remaining schedule, though, Missouri, top 10 Missouri, net 24. South Carolina, net 110. Mississippi State, net 73. Missouri again, 24. Vandy, 146. Vandy is so bad. Um, and then finally, to round out the season, Kentucky, 5-12 and 12 and somehow 80th in the net. Doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Um, just first glance, it's going to be really hard to not only beat Missouri, but beat them twice. Um, it's a very good team. They just knocked off Alabama. But if you look at the rest of the schedule, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Vandy, and Kentucky are all winnable. Um, yeah. I think you got to beat Missouri at least once to give yourself a chance. Just looking over it, I think so, you know, assuming we can still play that last game against South Carolina, it's probably going to be on that last Saturday after the Kentucky game. I think they, the SEC left that Saturday open for makeup games and. And hopefully we can. I mean, I think, yeah, you've got to be Missouri one time or else you'd have to run the table everything else. I think if you split with Missouri, you can probably afford a loss somewhere else. But Missouri's 24th in the net. So somehow they're number one in the RPI, not that it matters. But, yeah, I mean, if you had, you know, coming down the stretch, not many bubble teams are going to have a win over a top 10 Missouri team, a top 15 or 20 Tennessee team. 
you know, you you have to finish strong. And I think that as bad as Kentucky is this year, if Ole Miss can say, hey, they, you know, they won, you know, five of their last six. Oh, and they finished it with a, a blowout of Kentucky on the at the end of the season at home. I mean, their name's still Kentucky, and they still, you know, are in, in the blue and white. So that would be a kind of a loud statement, I think, for a bubble team. And Nick, you could probably tell me this. I don't know how. I don't know how they really go about it because the net's kind of the, the next big thing. But how how do they really use the RPI much anymore? No, I don't. I don't think that it's used at all. I think it's just a, a bygone. I mean, I know Warren Nolan still has it listed, but I don't think it's used at any at, at any point. Okay, I just noticed that Missouri was number one in the RPI. Um, Which it's, so it's yeah. good they don't use it because we're 89th in RPI. So <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah, everything kind of starts on Wednesday. Ole Miss is sitting right now at ten and eight overall, five and six in the SEC. They're pretty much smack dab in the middle of the conference, um, right there in the middle of the standings. I, I don't, I don't know if they're going to have a conference tournament. I don't think they are. Um, so you can't really bank on getting at least one or two wins in Nashville. So Wednesday at home against Missouri, you get your free shot against a 13-3 uh, Missouri team. I, I, I think that the path to getting to the tournament, knocking off Missouri on Wednesday, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I pull it up real quick. Missouri um, does not have a game in between Saturday and Wednesday. So coming down off that high of beating undefeated uh, in the conference, Alabama. So let's say you knock them off then. All right. So you beat Missouri at home on Wednesday, huge win. Another ranked opponent goes down at the pavilion. After that, I think you've got to go one, two South Carolina state. You lose to Missouri and Columbia, Missouri, and then you got to beat Vandy, Kentucky, and then if the South Carolina game is rescheduled for the last um, weekend of the season, I think that that's like easily attainable. Um, now I say easily attainable because I'm saying you're splitting it with Missouri, but I think that that's I mean that right there would put you at what one, two, three, four, five, fifteen, and nine. Yeah, that puts um, you eleven and seven in the conference. I don't. I mean. To me, that's not even a bubble team. I think that's like an eight seed at that point. Eleven and seven in the conference, fifteen and nine. You would have won, you know, eight of your last nine games in conference. That's a comfortably in at that point. It's it's funny too because last week on the message boards, I don't recall which one. I mean, teams were talking about is Ole Miss going to win another game? So it's crazy (laughs) to think that what two two-point victories, you know, in one week kind of does for the psyche of a fan base. I'm just, like, trying – I mean, I I just designed this path for them to to make a run. Is it crazy to think that that's attainable at this point with how well they've played the last two games – um, now it's just such a head scratcher because you play so bad against Georgia on the road, and 
you get blown out by Arkansas. And now Arkansas is a pretty solid team. Um, but it's just, you go back and look at the schedule and you blow that game in Gainesville. That loss really hurts. The first Georgia game, you really, really screwed up. And then, you know, those two games right there where you could potentially be 12 and six and seven and four in the SEC. I mean, that's such a huge difference, especially where you're down to the wire with this stretch run. If, but if they can go, I'm looking at it again, three, four, five, six, six and one. I mean, Nick, I think you're right. I think, I don't think they would have a, a choice. I think they would have to let Ole Miss in with just that many conference wins. And then, yeah, you got one against Missouri. I mean, I think that's, that's a no brainer. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see, uh, you know, what the team, what the seed would be at that point. And I'm also interested to see, I mean, you guys can talk about where the fan base was just a couple weeks ago. And I guess in terms of not just the season, but I mean, people, People were completely out on Kermit. I mean, I'm not gonna name oh, names, yeah. but I mean, it was people I was talking to. They're like, okay, so so who who do we get after Kermit? And now the season is not totally saved. If you look at it, it's you know it's a clo- a couple close games against Missouri coming up, but there's some close games. I mean, Ole Miss could very easily lose to this Kentucky team. They're still really athletic. I don't think it would shock anyone if Ole Miss went on the road to to you know Columbia, South Carolina, and laid an egg. And y'all know what we can do against MSU. I mean, you know, we've won games by 30, and we've gone down there and lost the same season by 30. So, you know, us losing in Oxford wouldn't be the craziest thing. We're not out of the woods yet, but I just think it's crazy to see the 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 change in, you know, the entire fan base on a coach's entire tenure, uh, you know, just on a couple games. And, you know, now instead of where you're thinking, man, I saw these close games, almost can't beat. Now you, you look and you see – Ole Miss can win close games. They can get big buckets. And, I mean, I think when Shuler is playing like he did Saturday, um, you know, definitely when when Romello White's playing like he did Saturday, it's a really good team and inside-out presence that we haven't had in a long time. We, we don't really have that many strong big men. So, it's um, – I think it's a, a formidable team. You're, I really do. Well, when they uh, – The key – Go ahead, Ben. The key going down the stretch is going to be if Ole Miss can win Wednesday, right? Because yeah, um, if if y'all are saying you you're, you need to go six and one, because I think five and two is just not enough given who's left on the schedule, and I think six and one is is most likely unattainable. I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at it. That if Ole Miss goes six and one, that means Ole Miss won two more road games. Okay against South Carolina and Vanderbilt, because we're going to say Missouri on the road is a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if Ole Miss wins at Missouri, they're playing like a different basketball team, even from now at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so let's say you beat Missouri at home. In order to do that, you're going to shoot really good free throws. And Ole Miss has shot really good free throws the last couple of games. Um, then you can't overlook South Carolina, which is a 5 o'clock Saturday game on the road. After beating a top 10 team in Missouri, you're, you're, you've won three in a row, including wins against Tennessee and Missouri. You go to South Carolina, can't overlook them, need to win that game, come back and play your rival one week later in Mississippi State, and then have to follow that up by going to Missouri. 
I mean, we're, what, what we're saying, and I get it, it's just hypothetical, you know, for shiggles, but it, we're asking Ole Miss to do a lot there. I mean, oh, yeah. not to mention, you still have to go back on the road at Vandy, and then you have to play Kentucky. And I know Kentucky's five and twelve, but like, I mean, that's a lot of a lot of road games, a lot of trap games. You know, you best play, five and twelve team in the country. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, at South Carolina is sandwiched in between a top ten. Let's just at South Carolina is sandwiched in between a top 10 team at home. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. And a, um, and your rival. And then you follow up your rival game back against that top 10 team and still have Kentucky looming after Vanderbilt. Point being is you could look, e- it'd be easy to look past Vandy. So we'll beat Kentucky at home. And it'll be easy to look past South Carolina because you got Mississippi State at home. Luckily, there's a full week there in between. I mean, I don't want to be like a, a wet wet towel, wet blanket here. I just um, just kind of wanted to to say like I think four and three is more likely than six and one. You know. Well, but I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I think that it, it it begins and ends with beating Missouri. I think if you if you beat Missouri on Wednesday it really opens itself up because the team's going to be playing well. You've got to, you know, you say Vanderbilt, that that's a game you shouldn't have to worry about, but you got a a lot of winnable games. But if you, if you lose to Missouri, you know, at home, you pretty much cut yourself, you know, no margin for error. You would have to win out short of the other game against Missouri, look good doing it and then win some games in Nashville, assuming they have the SEC tournament. So I, I mean this this Wednesday game is I don't I don't want to call it the season because I suppose Ole Miss could you know still run the table, but the margin for error is practically none with a, a loss to Missouri. But with a win against Missouri, then you know then it's all there for the taking. I mean there's a bunch of winnable games. I was just kind of looking through South Carolina's team while you were talking, and they don't have they don't start a guy over six six. I kind of think it's a good matchup uh, if White plays good, but. I mean, everyone's a good matchup if White's playing good. I mean, I really mean that. Short of Alabama and LSU, those teams are just outmatched. But that Missouri team went down there and got blitzed against uh, MSU down in Starkville. They they lost to Auburn on the road. I mean, this, they've, they've lost some road games. So, I mean, it begins and ends Wednesday. It really does. Yeah, the, the margin for error is very slim. And, look, the equalizer here – it's a very different Ole Miss team that that fans are used to. I mean, this is a team that's built around defense. So even you know the 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 age old saying with football, you know, defense travels. Um, I mean, I think that's true in basketball to where it's always going to keep you in ball games, and you know, barring yeah, you know, an Arkansas well, game on the road yeah. where Arkansas just shot the lights out. Um, you know, the defense is going to keep them in the game and. Like you said, with Romello playing the way he's playing, Schuler, you know, Ben, you said it, you know, the team goes as Schuler goes. And then you throw in, you know, a guy like Robert Allen starting to come around. And then you got Jarko Joyner uh, playing well. I mean, it, it's a dangerous Ole Miss team if, if, you know, as good as they are defensively, because you just have a couple guys get hot and, uh, you know, you can cause some problems. The, the thing about defense is you don't have to, uh, you don't need shot lines for that, right? Like you don't need, um, 
you know, if you're an offensive team and you go into a new gym, um, I mean, even speaking from experience and you're looking at a goal with no wall behind it for, you know, a hundred feet, kind of like the tab pad was, well, that's going to be hard to shoot in when you're not used to seeing that, you know, behind it. Whereas the pavilion, everything is kind of right on top of you. Um, but anyway, that's exactly why defense travels. And that's exactly why I think, you know, like Tom Izzo, for example, does so well in the NCAA tournament because his teams are always starting to play defense very well come tournament time. Well, uh, they're going to have to play well on Wednesday. Um, Ole Miss, Missouri, SEC Network. It's the late game, right? Eight o'clock? Yeah, I, be- I believe so. Yeah, yeah right. eight o'clock. Uh, so it's going to be the nightcap. Um, so huge opportunity for Ole Miss to uh, try to get another top 15 win, another quad one win. Real quick, I just want to add, man, that sucks. I mean, not just because, you know, other thing, uh, because of this game, COVID sucks in general. Man, it sucks that we don't have a full regular crowd. An eight o'clock game. Against the, I th- Missouri's ranked tenth. I mean, they're Ken Palms at twenty nine, but I, I think they're ranked tenth or eleventh in the AP poll. A, yeah. a Missouri team Top that 10. You know, we've played good against. I mean, it would be you know, especially coming off the, you know, last week was a, it was a big big win beating Tennessee. It was a big win beating Auburn. I, I think the fan base would really be fired up to have a home yeah. game, a late midweek game. I mean, and Oxford loves those eight o'clock you know midweek tips. Uh, during during January and February, I think it'd be awesome. So I just hate that we're not going to have that. Yeah, and we talked about how, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I was down on it. I think a lot of people were down on on Kermit Davis and the basketball program. And you know, it's been a while since the basketball program has been fun. And yeah, I mean, that just it sucks that after a great week, two huge wins. Um, I mean. If there was no pandemic, I mean, I think the fan base would just be geeked, ready to go. I mean, they would be lined up outside the pavilion. Students would be rowdy. It would be a hell of an atmosphere. And uh, we've seen what kind of effect that can have on on visiting teams. When the pavilion gets rocking, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun and it's a tough atmosphere to play in. So, so yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but, I mean, hey, you, you go, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, then you have a full week off until – you play state and then you go Tuesday, Saturday, and then Tuesday, probably Tuesday, Saturday. So, you know, kind of a regimented schedule. I think if this team, uh, which has a ton of, you know, older guys on it, leadership, um, some experience, if they can kind of get into a flow um, with the way the schedule sets up, um, they could they could make some noise. So um, we'll see how they do on Wednesday, 8 o'clock SEC Network. Uh, we'll be back after that game uh, to kind of wrap up that one and get you ready for Saturday, 5 o'clock, SEC Network against South Carolina. But that's going to do it for this edition of Podcast Rebellion. Thank you to Davis McCord State Farm for making uh, this show possible in the studio. Thank you to the rest of our lovely sponsors for also making this possible. And thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Nick. Until next time. This has been Podcast Rebellion. We out.